Welcome to Let Me Know How It Is, a podcast about all things geek. We're spotlighting the classic Coen Brothers film, Mildred's Crossing, today. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thanks for being here. We release new episodes every Wednesday. Quick reminder, you can give us some topic suggestions in the comment section. Thanks for listening. All right, spotlight episode tonight, guys. Today, we have selected the movie that was released 30 years ago this week, the Coen Brothers film, Miller's Crossing. I'm Zach Slater. I'm Frank Melman. I'm Tommy Smitherings. And I'm Clifton. So, Frank, this spotlight was kind of your baby, so why don't you set us up? Sure. So, in 1990, uh, the Coen Brothers, uh, Joel and Ethan Coen, came up with Miller's Crossing. It was the fourth movie from them. Uh, basically they wrote it together. Ethan Cohen produced it while it's directed by Joel and it stars Gabriel Byrne, Marcia Gay Harden, Albert Finney, John Turturro, John Polito, J.E. Freeman, and Steve Buscemi. Oh, and then this is one of the things that I, that I noticed when I was looking stuff up. It was, uh, cinematography by Barry Sonnefeld. It took about 10 to $14 million to make. And only made $5 million at the box office. Yeah, and I believe this was actually their last collaboration with Barry Sonnenfeld, is what I yes. saw. So it, was, it was the last time they worked with him as their cinematographer. As, yeah. As, yeah. Cool. All right. So, Miller's Crossy. This is my first time seeing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as with everything on this podcast. And it was terrible. Uh, yeah, it's it's awful. Right. That's the show, everybody. Now, again... <laughs> No, I liked it a lot. I, I no, I really, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very, very cool. Mm. So, uh, tell tell us your story, Frank. Like, when was the first time you saw this, and why do you love it so much? I saw it back in the. It had to be early '90s, I would think. I think I saw it then. It was one of those things where um, I was on a Coen Brothers kick. I liked uh, Blood Simple, and I thought that was a great movie. Um, and then I watched uh, watched this. I think I w- might have watched Barton Fink before this one, but I'm pretty sure I watched Miller's Crossing. And it's it's I mean it's a great it's a great uh, American gangster movie. It's a great noir type movie. Um, the cast is really great in it. Um, performances are awesome. Cinematography is great. Dialogue. I love the dialogue in it. Overall, I just I just like a good you know a good gangster movie with a you know with a with a with a fair amount of um, thought put into it. <laughs> that's one thing I always like about the Coen mm-hmm. Brothers movies is you can tell there's, you know, there's more going on than just what's on the page. So I, I right. it's, it's, it's one of those things where I just think that it's, it's top to bottom. It's a much better movie than I thought it got credit for at the time. And, you know, I love it. I think it's a great movie. A lot of people credit that to when it came out, mm-hmm. it like came out within a week of Goodfellas. Uh, oh, no kidding. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. It, totally eclipsed it's the same year as dick tracy also <laughs> yeah which we also did a spotlight episode for go check that one out it's a good double feature yes uh no what i what i was gonna say is uh one of the things i read about this was i read ebert's review okay you know, roger ebert's review back in the day when when he reviewed this uh 30 years ago uh this week and uh and yeah he it appeared to be kind of like a lukewarm mm. you know one for him um but yeah, uh, I disagree. I think so. Th- I went into this really, really not knowing anything about this at all outside <laughs> that it was a Coen Brothers movie and a little bit of the cast. And that was it. And what got me is that um, 
this really seems to be playing homage to a lot of the gangster films and noir movies from the 40s. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and I didn't know that. And and I think it's interesting when you're looking at it through that lens a bit, because you can see aspects of of um, like the performances. I think the performances are really interesting and nuanced because they are done in a way that is slightly playing it up a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of them are kind of I don't want to say hamming it up. They're not they're not hamming it up. Right. Right. But they're playing it a little bit bigger than you would see a movie do. They are kind of playing it in that old Hollywood style a little bit. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think I think it's it's a tough balance to strike to kind of play that, but also have it be like palpable for like modern audiences also. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's 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 definitely played a lot broader. It's almost like a like a theater production where the some of the characters are having to like, you know, reach the people in the back row, you know, right with their performances. Mm -hmm. So they're being a little bit broader, a little bit, you know, larger than life. But I also think there's also this feeling of it's it's a pretty intimate movie, too. Because all I mean, it's only there's you know there's only so many really you know characters that are in it, and it's one of those things where I think for all the 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 kind of for lack of a better term kind of larger cartoony side of the, some of the characters, there's also a very like grounded main character because mm-hmm. you really don't get a lot of like you know I mean it's very, he you know Tom you know Gabriel Burns character doesn't really get a moment to where he 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 basically gets out of the frame at all like he's kind of hedged in. And doesn't seem to be bothered by anything, really. Mm-hmm. While everything around them is sort of, you know, going off and going off, being kind of chaotic. Right. Yeah, he is, he is um, a stoic kind of still yeah. character for the, for, the, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, kind of unflappable. Except for one moment towards <laughs> the end. True. There's one right. moment where he, he <laughs> kind of breaks down. But. Yeah. But for most of it's pretty unflappable. So. Yeah. So I've seen this movie like 50 times over. uh, every time i look at it there's certain things that i pick up that i didn't see before Mm -hmm. like for one one of them is it took me that i guess the 30th watch before i noticed the secretary was francis mcdermott oh you didn't know that oh really i didn't didn't know that either yeah 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 it's just the subtle stuff in there or when they talk about certain characters like uh like even mink like how he's brought up and what's the the allusion to in fact Mm. how certain characters um what you call it relationships with one another They'll say certain phrases and you'll think nothing up. But if you think about it a little bit more, the more nuanced or mm-hmm. how directly they think about each other or even interact with one another. Like, for example, um, what was it? The Dane? The Dane was a relationship with um, Mink. Mink. Yeah, Mink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Played by Steve Buscemi. Yeah, but they didn't come across as much. And this, and Mink had the same relationship with um, John Turturro's character. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Yeah, but it, it didn't come across this because that's what I. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's a very smart um, movie in which it doesn't put everything out in front of you. You have to figure it out with the, um, with almost the cast how it's occurring. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's funny because Totoro when he's when he's there when he first lets himself into to Tom to uh, Tom's apartment when um, Bernie does. There's a point where he's talking about you know how twisted he is, and it's one of those things where you you think well maybe they, you know, the reason why maybe it's just simply that Casper doesn't wants to get him because of the fact that the, the, the money. But then he mm-hmm. said something about the fact that he's twisted and the fact that he, he's a degenerate. And, and it's sometimes it's played as it seems like Casper has an issue with the fact that he's Jewish. But really, it might be the. But then again, it's one of the things where it's kind of played like it might be the idea that there's something wrong with the fact that he's gay. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of and, and and you know it's one of the things where when he's calling him the schmata, 
you know, is referring to him. It, 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 you know, it's an old Jewish term or an old Yiddish term that means rag or like something that's worthless. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of the things where I always thought I thought Shimano was a, was a was a slur. But yeah, that's what I thought too. But I guess it's one of those things where it's 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 generally I guess all about the money. And I guess because I got it's never really portrayed. I mean, it doesn't. I, I didn't remember or see a part where Casper really knew that the dean was in any kind of relationship with Mink. Like it's not like it's spelled. Like you said, it's not really spelled out. No, so the Danes, it's not. No, they just say that's um the Danes boy. That's all they say. Right. Yeah. It's 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 not even it's not even a big thing. And you would you know especially right. he vehemently defends him early in in the opening scene of the film. Mm-hmm. Yes. When they accuse him of of being of being the rat on the fixes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think he steps in and is like, no, it's not him. Right. Makes Eddie's dating boy. Yeah. That's it is that. something that that. I was expecting to, to be said on the nose later in the film. Right. Uh, right. And it was something that I picked up on, but, but looking, but now looking at the whole movie as a whole, like it, it makes me go like, of course, of course that they haven't done it. Right. Because this is, you guys all know, like I'm a big noir guy. I love that stuff and everything. Mm-hmm. And so one of the, one of the interesting aspects of, of the genre is, is that, you know, when these noir movies were being made in the 40s, they were operating under the production code in Hollywood still, right? Right. right. And for anybody who doesn't know, the production code was basically, it was a set of guidelines that all Hollywood movies had to abide by, right? In the name of like moral decency, right? Mm. So it was like, so there, there were things like, like there was no sexual relations outside of marriage, right? All criminal action had to be punished, that sort of thing, right? And so one of the cool things about noir is the way that they got around the code by hinting at things they would like subvert aspects of it with little like visual cues or and basically just hinting at things without outright saying it so so the fact that they're alluding to the dane and and mink together and done in this way is completely like a homage to that sort of thing from the 40s okay yeah i didn't know that i didn't even think about it i didn't know that at all I mean, I think I've, I yeah. meant, I heard about the code, but I didn't didn't think about it in terms of that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, like I, I didn't it's it's again, it's a funny thing, like being as into noir as I am. I'm surprised that this movie doesn't come up more. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised, too. You know, yeah, because I mean, it's all over the place. I mean, outside from outside of the, the visuals, right, because it's not when you think of noir, like you think of the stark, shadowy contrast. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the interesting thing with this movie is i believe that they that they don't think that works in color that's Hmm, me i didn't read that anywhere i mean that's just my opinion i think i believe that that the stark noir uh filmmaking sensibility doesn't work as well in color because there's less contrast obviously right Right. it's it's less striking it doesn't stand out as much and Mm -hmm. so i think that that you know really the only time that you get a try at it is at the very end of the movie yeah. Right. Okay. I think, and I think that they would try, like, I, I don't think that they got the guts to really try it until later. Mm. Right. When they made, when they made, um, Oh God, what's the name of it? Uh, the man who knew too much. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that the right? I'm getting the title wrong. Clifton, help me. I don't know which one you're talking about. There's the man the, who wasn't the there. Billy, the Billy Bob Thornton one. The man who wasn't there. Yeah. Was it the man who wasn't there? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. That's the one where they were like, they actually like tried to just straight up do noir, mm. like, you know, mm-hmm. complete top to bottom, you know, mm-hmm. anyway. But no, it's, it's interesting because I read an anecdote about um, Sonnenfeld. And he, they said that at one point, the scenes that they show 
I guess the scenes when they went outside for when they go to Miller's Crossing, basically, the two scenes when they go to Miller's Crossing that he had shot on a different kind of film because he knew it would give it more. I believe he said contrast, but I'm not certain. But he said that he did it, and then he did some saturation, and he wanted. He told the Coens that they need to shoot it on an overcast day because he didn't want it to be. Okay. They, he wanted to get a certain look for that particular scene when they were out there. So that's interesting mm-hmm. that you mentioned the whole thing about you know about the 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 look because that's one thing where. The other thing I noticed about the look is a lot of scenes are done, for lack of a better term, they're they're widescreen, but they're widescreen like in a room or a building or a setting. Like it's not like there's mm-hmm. a scene early on when I think it's when like when the Dane comes to see uh, to see Tom and, and Myrna's there, and he's looking, you know, Tom's or Leo. I'm sorry, when Leo's looking for him, and and goes to, goes to the goes to the apartment, and he said that you know there's a part where. Um, there's a part where he goes to leave and it looks like a really big, like the room itself, the apartment looks huge. And it's also that way when, um, and it might just be Leo's character now that I'm thinking about it, but in mm-hmm. the scene where the guys, you know, put the hit on Leo at his house and burst in with, with, the, with the, the Tommy guns, you know. Yep. Great scene. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> it might be my, one of my favorite scenes in all of the movies I've ever seen. That particular scene because I, I thought so when I was watching I'm like I'm like this is one of the reason Frank loves this movie. oh I love like, it I could I, I just like he knows he loves this scene I know it oh I do it's one I mean it's my one of my favorites it's just it's just like Albert Finney's the way he plays it and his demeanor as, as Leo um but in that scene it's really widescreen but it's one of those things where you know it it just looks again it's really kind of you know you get a lot of 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 I guess shot in the frame for lack of a better term or scenery in the frame it seems like it doesn't seem like especially in that scene and like others there's i think it's the same one when uh the dane goes to find myrna same thing mm-hmm. where, when he's when he kills the two guys in the apartment in her apartment again it looks like it's a much bigger play you know it, you get a much bigger feel for the room than you normally would in the movie but yeah we, if we're gonna we're gonna switch into that scene um yeah tommy will tell you how much i love that scene <laughs> oh man oh you quote that incessantly yeah. Oh my god! But but to me is ironic because that's not the most quoted scene in the movie. Right. The most quoted scene in the movie is John Turturro, which is my favorite scene. Uh huh. In which, in which they, in which he takes, they take him out to kill him, mm-hmm. and he's begging and pleading. Yeah. People mm-hmm. will quote that without even seeing the movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's great. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. But no, when Finney, when when Albert Finney goes to the bed and, and realizes something's up. And then, oh yeah, yeah. He, hears, he sees the smoke. <laughs> he sees the smoke, and then yeah, and knows something's going on. And he takes out those two dudes, and then grabs the other machine gun and <laughs> jumps, basically fires that gun into that other dude about sixty times, probably. Oh, he's literally <laughs> dancing with bullets running through him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then casually, well, you know, the guys in the, in the car casually rolled out of the street, and he just walks out and just just walking along. Oh, it's oh, it's so good. It's just the best. Because he's just again, and then there's the follow-up line that even like even as if the scene needed a co-signer. There's a scene with the guy that says, "Oh yeah, the old man was always a you know master with the Thompson." With the Thompson, yep. yeah, like it's not. The, well, I like the fact that he's so stork and strong, trying to kill those two people. His house is literally burning to the ground, right? Right, and yep. he doesn't give two f's about it. No, like he casually walks out, doesn't even think of putting the fire out or telling anybody to get out. No. He's, it's insistent on killing these two people yeah. who have conspired to try and kill him. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, you love that. One. I you love that. Love that one. Yeah, I love that bit. Oh, it's so good. Again, it might be one of my like if I had to pick a favorite scene in movies of all the movies I've ever seen, that might that, that would probably make the top three. And right. then the music playing in the background where no no words are said the whole time. Right. It's just that the opera music that's playing that he goes to bed. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I was actually thinking um, I was thinking of Spectacular Spider-Man yeah. watching this scene yeah. a little bit, too. I was wondering, I'm like, I'm like, if that if this is what inspired that that fight with uh, against Tombstone in the sewers mm-hmm. when everybody's at the opera. It's, yeah, could be. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, you know, if we're just talking like great scenes, the scene, I agree with, with Tommy, the scene where, um, you know, he takes Bernie, takes Tur out to the to Miller's Crossing and he's begging, you know. And it's one of those moments of it's one of those moments where you think, oh, well, you know, maybe maybe Tom's got a heart after all. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You yes. know, you know, because, again, it's one of those things where I love, you know, an earlier scene when Myrna tells him, you know, I've never seen anyone. What, what's his line about being a son of a bitch? <laughs> I, I think I wrote it down. It's a line about never seen anyone. Where is it? Um, oh, I never met anyone who made being a son of a bitch a point such a point of pride. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a good line. Oh, yeah, it's a great Easily. line. Yeah, yeah, it's a great line, but it sums up his character. Yeah. Sums up his character so well. Oh, every time he's even when John Polito's talking to him, like when John Polito's giving him the offer and his own thing, mm-hmm. he said, "Let me think about it." Ah, he likes to think about it. <laughs> he mm-hmm. just, he just keep giving me the eye hat, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, it is, it's just one of those things where I mean, it it's it speaks so well to his character and. You know, if we're talking about the hi hat, that's kind of a segue to something that I noticed was there's a lot of hat imagery <laughs> and a lot of hat, right. a lot of hat talk in this movie. Mm-hmm. A boatload. I was gonna say, yeah, there's 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 a thesis waiting to be written. Yeah, about hats as the imagery and and the symbolic imagery in this movie. Well, because like the first thing is like is like when Casper's there with Leo and talking about the fact that he want you know he wants to move against Bernie. You know, and and Leo tells him, "You're only as big as I let you be," mm. which is another great line. Yeah, you know, and don't you forget it. You know that whole thing. It's it's you know you have the talk about the hi hat early on about how he doesn't like being disrespected, but there's also the the right over the credits is him his hat. You know, Tom's dream of the hat blowing along. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's the scene where he tells Myrna about the dream, and she thinks it turns to something else that he was chasing. It's like no, it's not. It, it's a hat. <laughs> there's nothing more yeah. foolish than a man chasing after his hat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also I was reading something too where I think that I think every time a character dies, mm-hmm. they lose their hat. Either lose their hat like right before or during it. Right. Right. Sure. Or or their toupee. Yeah. Right. Or their toupee. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good point. That's a great shot too. Uh, yeah. Oh <laughs> it's yeah. Such a great shot. Um. But yeah. But it, it, then and then played off of Tom who loses his hat constantly, but he's always right able to put it back on. Yeah. Well, even like when they when Mink Mink first comes in the scene when he goes to see Leo at the club, Mink says to him, "Oh, Tom, you got your hat back." Yeah, because yeah, Myrna had it. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where I wonder, like, does Mink know that, that at that point, does Mink know that Myrna and and Tom have been getting together because you know they were all the the game together, right? That's why we lost his hat. Yeah. Because he bet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even like even like when the Dane takes Tom out to Miller's Crossing and they're and they're about to, like when Tom you know gets sick, throws up. You know, he right before you know they think he's Tom's done. He takes his hat and like like <laughs> frisbee tosses it out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, gets rid of it. Yeah. So, but no, I, I, there's a you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I agree. There's a thesis to be you know to be because I think it's one of those things where I think when I'm thinking of the overarching themes of the movie, one of the things is you know there's so much information that Tom has to keep straight and keep to himself. You know, keep it under your hat. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's part of it too. Yeah, definitely. So, so this is my question that about about the scene where um, um, he he lets Bernie go, mm-hmm. right? Great scene, great yes. great scene where 
you know, he's walking Bernie out into the woods and, and the expectation is that, you know, he there's two hoods waiting for him and he has to kill him right there. Mm-hmm. Right. To, to show them that, like, he's good with with Casper's, you know, gang. Now, right. right. He's one of them. Um, so. Uh, that being said, so the question is, is does Tom know at that moment that Bernie's going to going to double cross him? Like he plans it. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, is is because he sees all the angles, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's... is that is that a play right. for him where he's like, OK, like this has benefit for me down the road. So I'm going to let him go here. I know that he's going to end up double crossing me later. Right. And that's going to play completely to my favor down the road. Right. right. I, for me, I think it's just uh, at that point, he's with Werner, Werner. So I guess he doesn't really dis- I guess I guess he's close being closely tied to her. After um the falling out with um Leo. with his boy, you mean Myrna? Mm-hmm. You mean Myrna? Um, Myrna, yeah, Verna, Verna, V, Verna. Yeah. Okay. At that point, he's fine letting him go because mm-hmm. he thinks that it, uh, he's keeping close to her. That's my opinion, at least. Okay. But after a certain point, when he shows back up, all bets are off because it shows what Casper's been talking about the whole time and how he has no ethics. Mm-hmm. He'll do whatever he needs to do, regardless of how other people feel, including Verna. Like that one point where he talks down about Verna, and he's just like, she thinks highly of you. Well, what you gonna do? She's family, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a jerk. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. but that's why that's that's my only argument towards what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Only because there's so many allegiances allegiances that change in that movie mm-hmm. that certain people protect other people depending on who they're protecting. Right. Well, no, I'm just asking. That's not that's not what I think about the scene necessarily. OK, I'm, ju- I'm just putting it out there just because I thought it was I thought it would be an interesting question um, because because it could be argued either way. Well, I think it's it's not a bad way to look at it because it's also one of those things where, where <laughs> Tom is a gambler and he's oh, a yeah. and he's a terrible gambler. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Very that's true. Way. He's has he has the worst luck. And he's he also, you know, he just bets, 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 bets. You know, the scene that I love is one where he's coming out of the apartment. You got any money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. You know, a little bit about there's no hard feelings. He's like, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just, they, they just, they just work you over like, like Rocky does with the, with the veal, but it's, it's cool. You know. Well, I like, well, I like the one where that one guy rolls up on and say, hey, horse has got knees. It's, I don't know, fetlocks? Well, I was a horse. I'll be down on my fetlocks praying you don't bet on me. You know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a good line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Clifton, what do you say? Do you think he knows? Do you think do you think it's all calculated, part of the plan? No, I mean I think the I think the reason is that he was he was doing it partly because of Verna, because of her imploring him to right. look out for, for Bernie. Her, yeah, for Bernie. I think it was <laughs> that, but I feel like he probably did see the other angles and realize like, yeah, like it could go this way and I can handle it if it does. Okay. Well, it's funny when watching it again, and I've seen, you know, I've seen it, I don't know how many times, but it was one of the things we're watching again recently, you know, in the last couple of days. I had a moment, Tommy, where I thought about another movie that you and I love that now, as far as I know, you know Clifton may have seen it. I don't think uh, Zach has, but it's another movie where we love where a character basically has to play all the other characters against themselves. And if they play it wrong, they're going to die. Yeah. Oh, what movie is that? Sounds familiar. <laughs> what is it? Fresh. 
Oh, yes. Right? <laughs> right? No, it's 100% fresh. Yeah. Isn't fresh? Just moves, man. Yeah. Yeah. Million moves on million moves on a million board. I have mm-hmm. not seen Fresh. What is Fresh? Oh, Fresh is a great movie. Fresh oh is a movie gosh. from the from the mid like what mid nineties. It's Boaz Yakin. I want to say yeah. Boaz Yakin's first movie, I believe, that he wrote and directed, right? Mm-hmm. But basically, it's it's the, it's this kid who basically is um his is what is his sister is dating Giancarlo Esposito, who's a drug lord, right? Specifically, a heroin yeah heroin drug lord, and he's got her <laughs> he's got her drugged up, and he wants to get his sister out. And then he basically has to weave between all these people in the neighborhood. Something happens. I don't want to give away. You haven't seen it. But so he basically him, yes. him trying to weave through all the same sort of thing as like Tom trying to weave through all these people and come out alive on the other side. And if you've never seen it, it's a fantastic movie. It's such it's, it's another one of my favorites. I love this movie. Yeah. You don't cool. want to put me on fresh. I didn't even see fresh. Yeah, fresh is yeah, fresh. fresh came- it's got some other names in it. Sam Jackson's in it. Um, plays his plays his dad. And you know, it's one of the things where I, I don't say anything more about it, but they're very much they're very similar. And it never really occurred to me before I started watching this. I'm like, this seems very familiar, but yeah, it's just that that navigation of trying to like you know outwit everybody without getting you know getting your you know your ass taken out the Miller's Crossing. So yeah, yeah, it came out in '94. Okay, there you go. So I've never even heard of Fresh. Yeah. Oh, but- <laughs> I've got to give you Fresh. Fresh is a great small indie film yeah. with great actors and great performances. Yeah. And Sean Nelson plays the title character whose name is his name is Fresh. And the last time we seen him on HBO's um not the wire but the uh the corner mm-hmm. which plays the title character in there as well. Okay. Back to Tom though. Yes. <laughs> we'll find the <laughs> really quick. So this is my next question about Tom then, right? Because because he's he's a heartless jerk. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what I think is interesting is that in the beginning of the film, right, when you have Casper, who's basically like, I'm just letting you know, like, I'm going to rub out Bernie. Right. Mm-hmm. And Leo is actually like the whole the whole point. Bernie's still alive. Is that re, re, uh, is that Leo is in love with uh, Verna. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's who's Bernie's sister. Right. Mm-hmm. What I like about that scene is that Tom in that moment is like. Like, what, what do you care? Just let him just let him rub him out. Who cares? Right. <laughs> right. And then you find out later that Tom is with her, too. Sure. And so in that moment, this is what I'm curious about. So is is Tom just heartless in that moment and he really doesn't care about Bernie? Mm-hmm. Or is that just uh, is that just playing it up for Leo? Well, no, but that's how you got to look at that. Tom never cared for Verna. He was just sleeping with it. Leo made it personal because he wanted to claim her. Right. Mm-hmm. And then and that's why they didn't they never knew about his relationship with her. She, and then the whole thing that he was trying to convince him that she's a grifter. Whole family's full of grifters. They right. have grifter kids, <laughs> all that mess. Grifter grannies. Right. Grifter grandkids, <laughs> all that stuff. So at that point, he thinks nothing of Verna mm-hmm. at all. But the fact that his boy, who he stands tall with, is interested in her is crazy. Right. And mm-hmm. then he's trying to convince her that what's the point? They're all they're just terrible people. He has no problem dealing with terrible people. Uh, to me, Tom is the only one with the strongest ethics, second only to Leo. Everybody else is questionable. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I think Tom just basically, it's, it's funny to watch how easily Tom goes from, from, from Leo to Casper. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. like it's no, <laughs> it's no problem at all. And the fact that he goes from whispering in one ear to whispering in another. You mm-hmm. know, and he's and it's one of the, it, the other thing I love about the movie is the, about his character is the fact that everyone seems to know him, and there's a reason why everyone knows him, 
because he's got his ear to the ground for everything. I'd imagine. Yes. I'd imagine Tom is like the guy that, without flaunting it, knows everything about everything. Like you said, he plays like right. he says at various times. He plays the angles. I think Tom, like in, I think Tom, basically thinks, you know, if if it if he if he gets rubbed out, he gets rubbed out. But I also think it's one of those things where if Tom's like, eh, I changed my mind, <laughs> I know how to play this so that you know that Bernie's okay. But I don't think mm-hmm. that I don't think that um, I agree with Tommy. I don't think it's got anything to do about the fact that he's got some kind of like she even like you know says to him, you know, just say that you that you <laughs> that you're jealous or just say that you care that he you know he's claiming me. And Tom's like, no, <laughs> that's not yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not it. That's not what's going on here. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think that it's that. I think you know. I think it's one of those things where if he's like, eh, if he go, if he gets rubbed out, he gets rubbed out. If he doesn't, I think the other thing I think is interesting that, that Tom is like is basically being being the um, the Robert Duvall character from Godfather, being the concierge, you know, the the guy that tells you know the, the guy in charge what you know what what he should do is 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 advisor, the consigliere, and saying you know I no we don't need war. Why do we need to go to war with this guy? Which I think is interesting right. too because he could he could easily have tipped it the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but even even the um, police commissioner says it. Yeah, you notice that. Yeah, a- everyone. If you notice too, everybody knows the smartest man in the room is Tom, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. always say, "Why is Lou making that play?" Tom, you should talk to him. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> refers to him to talk to Leo, and then instead of listening to them, he just says, "This is what Leo wants to do. Let him do. If you have any respect, you need to shut up and get in line, and we'll find somebody else." Mm-hmm. So no matter what. He still places Leo at the top of the head, at the top of the hill, regardless of who he's with. If you notice right. that, if you look at the movie again, he never diminishes Leo. And in fact, right. when no. he leaves Leo, he doesn't really leave Leo. He just no. tells that he's sleeping with Werner. He makes Leo, he has Leo make the decision to push him out and mm-hmm. does it in front of everyone. So no one uh, mistakes that he's out. Right. It's not like. Tom left Leo. Leo pushed him out. And that's what makes it solid when um Casper takes him up. Is that yeah. Did, mm-hmm. did you see did you get that feeling of it? Yeah, Tom's only loyalty in the film ever is to Leo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he spells it out in the one point when he's talking to Verna when I forget what the distinction is that she says, where she says, I thought this. And and he says, no, I said we were through. That's not the same thing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because he was still his loyalty was still there with Leo. He had yeah. not mm-hmm. he was not betraying Leo, even though Leo would not have him. Right. Yes. And and I think at the beginning, I think like in his loyalty to Leo, like he thought like that was the play. Take out Bernie was the play. But Tom never took out anyone in the movie. That was not nope. his thing. <laughs> and I think that was what a lot of the reluctance for, is from. And somebody else pointed out to him, where they're, uh, like, I mean, possibly several times if I remember right, where they're like, oh, you know, getting somebody else to do your dirty work. Yeah. Seemed yep. to be his, his go-to thing for most right. of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think so. I, I, in the beginning, I do think that he's just heartless and he doesn't care. And he's just like, take Bernie out. That's the thing that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. Right. I but I do think the moment at Miller's Crossing when he's he's walking into the forest with him and he's supposed to kill Bernie. I think in that moment, he still doesn't know what he's going to do. Right. I think that's I think that's one of the reasons why John Turturro's monologue is so long. Right. I think it's him calculating. I mm-hmm. think it's him like running all the options in his head. If I do it right, what's the next play? If I don't do it, what's the next play? Right. I think I think that's what's happening there. That's how I read it anyway. 
I can see that. You know? Yeah. But, um, Tommy, you, you brought up, I think, which is a key scene for me also, which is, which is the moment he tells Leo that he's with Verna. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, that's a key f- moment in the film fr- from from the goal of like what they're trying to homage. That's the moment that this movie becomes a noir to me. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of crime movies out there. The term gets thrown around a lot. Right. You see this in comic books a lot, too. Like anytime there's an indie crime book and you see some comic site talking about it, they're always throwing noir around. Right. Right. And and it's like. Like, yeah, but noir is also like a very specific kind of crime movie, crime story, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you get it thrown around a lot for like Chinatown and LA Con- Confidential, right? And I think it's because the setting, I think the setting does a lot of heavy lifting for it. Right. But those movies are really not noir. They're not. And so, and so going back to Miller's Crossing, that what's key for that moment is that that's that's the moment where he gets sort of tied into everything and he gets embroiled in it all. Right. And now it's his own neck on the line. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of things happening all around him. Now it's like, now it's circling around him. Right. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's his life turned upside down because of it. Well, basically to me, I see that as he takes it from Leo, he -hmm. knows Leo's already embroiled in it more than he needs to be because of Vernon. If he wasn't with Werner, Bernie should have died and Casper wouldn't have made the play. But Tom knows Casper is bigger already than Leo. And he Mm. questions why you're messing with Casper, because right now everything's fine. But as soon as he disrespects Casper, that's when everything goes to hell. That's to me, that's that's when everything switched up. Mm. And then when he finds the reasons that it's Werner. Now he has to pull his boy away from the elements that's making him um, go to hell, which is Verna and Bernie. Once those two parts are eliminated, he eliminates um, Casper because Casper now will never go back with his hat in hand saying sorry to um, Leo because that's not how it works. Right. Hence right. seals Casper's death and the Dane for that matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how he turns how he turns Casper against the Dane is really nice. I think I think that's like the really masterful. Uh, um, I I think it does so much heavy lifting as far as like how calculating he is and how like trustworthy he can be, right? And how it does a lot for his character. I mm-hmm. think th- those moments and John Polito is so awesome always <laughs> in this movie. Though I love it. I I love the I love the, the um, right because he, he he's he's nuts a little bit. <laughs> right and calm yeah um and and there there's you know get the boy penny get the boy pen <laughs> the, he, he he's he what's the word i'm looking for he he he's an unkempt character right there's, yes he's not he's not um he's there's he's uncouth yeah <laughs> right very much so for yeah. sure but what i also like about him though is that there is a, a slant to him that has the idea of sort of like an idealistic crook, right? Where yeah. honesty does mean something. Sure. And ethics does mean something, right? And it's just, you know, but he knows everybody around him isn't, isn't that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but to me, I think it's the illusion he thinks everyone's um, ethical when they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, even with the whole, co- the whole conversation concerning a, a fix on a bet, which right. is to me unethical. Yes, of course. But he thinks there's certainty in it. Just like mm-hmm. with dealing with crime 
in the city and then the, his dealings that's ethical that it, right. it, it's almost laughable that he has that kind of um understanding of it. yeah no that's what i love about it though i love that it that it <laughs> you know it makes sense but it's also contradictory at the same time yeah, yeah. I, 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 I really like I really, really love that aspect of it. I mean, he was one of my favorites to watch in this whole movie. Uh, after multiple viewings, my favorite is the Dane. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. The way he oh, he he's to me, he's the only one that consistently unnerves Tom. Everyone else. Tom talks to whoever wants, whether it's Verna, Bernie, Leo, Casper, but not the Dane. Mm. The Dane will not back down to him. Even to I mean. He to me, he's the only one that physically challenges him, and almost chokes him out. You yeah, know, man. like uh, he he was never close to the death until dealing with the Dane, because the Dane is the one that um almost killed him in the woods, if not for uh, Bernie's smart play. Right. Well, yeah, and and that's but that's what I like about about um John Polito about Casper also is that mm-hmm. like, like you know. He 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 does have sort of a weakness for ethics and stuff like that. And so I like that that's sort of why he sees Tom as appealing and sees him as trustworthy and sees him as as um you know as as quote unquote like the good one. Right. Right. right when yeah. when like everything Tom does is unethical. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. See, he's a good one. See, I told you, Dave. <laughs> yeah. it's almost it's almost like he, he doesn't expect that people that, that crooks are going to cheat him which is i which i yes. always i always laugh at i'm like why would you think that they're not gonna they're not gonna do whatever they got to do to get over on you but that's how he it thinks. is funny because the whole movie started on the premise that he thinks somebody's messing with his good honest fixed fight yes right. yes exactly yes. <laughs> yeah that's that, that that's what he that's what he can't yeah. abide yeah because because if you can't trust the fix <laughs> what can you trust right that's what he says yep. yeah that's what so. he says yeah it's a layered movie I, I that's what i like about it though i like that there's sort of like many ways you can read scenes mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah well i like i love how it almost comes off as a comedy like there's there's certain scenes that are just knocked down hilarious like when he's almost about to get beat up for not taking casper's offer Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I forgot what his guy's name, and he and he's about to come hit him, and yeah. he's like he's preparing for it, like rolling up his sleeves as if he's about to do dishes or something. That walks up to him, <laughs> right? And yeah. then Tom, I mean, um, yeah, Tom stops him, and then instead of hitting him, he hits a chair, and he's like, "Ow!" <laughs> and walks back and gets TikTok, and TikTok goes to, I mean, TikTok goes to town on him. Yeah, I was right. like, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah, that was a good scene. I like that. Yeah. I like the slowness of it. Yeah. Yes. Right. And and the building up to it. And then he just hits him with the damn with chair. The chair. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Which is so Jesus. Great. Jesus Tom. Jesus Tom. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's also the drinking game to play. Every time everyone says Jesus Tom, you'll be you know you'll be a rumhead by the right. end of it. But no, what I what I also love about that scene where, where he he's, <laughs> hits him with the chair is right after when he comes to after getting kicked in the face. Um, <laughs> the the guy yeah, like, yeah the, the police officer yeah the cops like yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna be interrogating him for a while as they're you know tied him to a chair and beating the crap out of him yeah like, want some of this Tom he's like no I'm good yeah no I'm, <laughs> I'm good to town on him. but I what, yeah. I what I again one of the thing I love about that about the movie as a whole is the idea that you know it's Thomas you know he always you know always got the angles the bit where he walks out of of Casper's place when it gets raided and he talks to the the, the police chief or whatever. And then the exact yeah. same thing is the reverse when they shoot up Leo's Irish club. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and, and 
with Sam Raimi. With Sam Raimi, right? When Sam Raimi starts <laughs> kicks kicks it all off. Um, yeah, I love that. The basically it's the, it's the mirror image of the scene we watched earlier in the movie of them we raid. You know, it's just the, the different raid of a different place. Yeah, yep. just, we, yeah. And when he's talking to the commissioner, he, they're like the frame is flipped. Uh huh. They're fr- they're framed to the other side. Right. I forget which is which. They're on the, they're on the left side of the frame on one scene, and then they're on the right side of the frame. For for the next one, I forget which is which, but yeah, I like I like that the, that it's flipped. Yeah, there's a nice symmetry to it because when it comes out of Casper's, it's on the right. When it's when it's in Leo's, the the, the brothers of Aaron place, the the Irish it's place, on the left. Mm-hmm. it's it's um it's on the left. I love how how low on the totem pole that uh, the the police commissioner is. Oh, it's great. Oh, just, yeah. just just as part of it, but I also like like the symmetry angle that you're talking about is the moment where he walks in on Leo having a meeting with the mayor and the mm-hmm. police commissioner, and then he walks in on Casper with the same thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, that, what's also great about that is you see the difference between Leo and Casper's character, the fact that Leo has no problem, you know, throwing, you know, throwing back drinks with these guys. And Leo's drinking a soda, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which always makes me laugh, you know, yeah. that that's, <laughs> that's his drink of choice. They're drinking the soda there. And then they, 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 you shoot the scene with Casper and the mayor, and it's like, you know, Casper's having a hard time, You're like, oh, running things. <laughs> just how hard it is like it's tough being in charge like i didn't know you know i didn't when i took over it's almost like a comic book plot of like oh my god if i knew this was what's going to be like when i took over gotham city i never would have taken over gotham city yes right. pure comedy well, isn't casper drinking a milk at that too yeah i think so yeah, yeah. because his stomach's his stomach's backing up on him mm. one of the scenes <laughs> that got me is when is when leo's like like punching the crap out of tom and they spill out into the hallway uh-huh right i don't know why it just it it chuckled me to no end is like when he's punching him and and he drops his hat tom drops his hat and then that dude bends down and picks it up for him and gives yeah. it to him right. and then he gets yeah. clocked yeah. again gets oh, yeah. again yeah or oh, the woman screams uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> just beats him down even more so so did anyone speaking of speaking of just the stuff with the thinking about coen brothers movies did anyone see the um did anyone see what the movie they gave up to make miller's crossing Oh they, yeah, they passed on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did not know that. But I yeah, did, they, I, I, I saw it today. I didn't either. The apparently they they were in line or they were a choice to make uh, Batman eighty nine, and then yep. <laughs> instead they nope. made they said, instead nope. they, so they made Miller's Crossing. So out there somewhere in the multiverse is a uh, a Coen Brothers Batman eighty nine, which would be uh, you know as much as I love what we got and got Miller's Crossing, I'd still love to see a <laughs> Coen Brothers Batman eighty nine. Yeah. Oh, I would love to see a Coen Brothers Batman movie. That'd be great. <laughs> they, yeah. they would have probably had Sam Raimi involvement as well. Probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, but question, guys. Can you identify what city they're in from looking at? I know I know where it was filmed, but I but I noted that I was like, they don't ever tell you what city it is. No. No. Which yeah. I which I think is a cool um I thought was a cool tactic in her. But yeah, it was it was filmed in uh New Orleans. Yeah, right. but that's I think that's exactly where this the um uh, the city is supposed to be because of the um uh, the back with think, all the force and stuff. I don't I think, think it's supposed to be anywhere. I think I I, I think it's intentional to, to for them to not mention it at all. Right. Well, I mean, the only thing that I noticed from watching the movie was I didn't pick up on the pal. They said the thing about the Palisades. To the point where Tom says something about going to the Palisades, and I didn't think about yes. that because I don't really know New York all that well. But when he said the thing about well, where are we going to go to Niagara Falls, I was like, hmm, maybe they're in New York. <laughs> but that's about and again right. and again and i was looking at just like trivia stuff about the movie that's something they mentioned too is that people say yeah that they're you know it's it, it's probably new york but it doesn't say and then the other thing is they're kind of vague on what, what year it is even though it is during prohibition yeah right 
So it could be 19... Most yeah. people think it's like 29. 1929 is when it takes place, but nobody knows for and sure. I, I did see that the reason that they shot it in New Orleans also was that like basically you got a ton of free scenery at the time. Because <laughs> at the time there was like the, the city hadn't been like rebuilt in spots. So there was a lot of like 1920s architecture just left over. Right. Well, the other thing that I read about them shooting in New Orleans was the fact that they um they had to keep producing permits and stuff mm. for shooting. And they were like, so the cops in this are acting just like the cops would have acted in 29. <laughs> hassling people and trying to you know run a scam to get money but they're like no we have all our permits we're allowed to shoot here did you guys see the other like like production anecdote about it is is like what what other movie sort of like is tied to this film in a weird way Mm-mm. i didn't so apparently oh, barton fink barton fink yeah, yeah. Mm. is tied like basically writer's block on this script oh yeah yeah i did see that okay produced produced freed them up to go like we're just going to work on something else because you know we're tired of thinking about this movie so they went and wrote barton fink basically when they're taking a break from this film yeah they wrote in, yeah they wrote in three weeks yeah yeah <laughs> which i thought was interesting mm-hmm. which that movie came out i believe the year after miller's crossing i believe right i have to look i don't know for sure it's pretty close i think it was i might have seen it in in my notes someplace it is it's that. 1991 yeah. okay there you go So. Yeah, good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, who's um who's everybody's favorite performance in the movie? Would you say? Mm. At first, my favorite performance was um, Totoro. Mm-hmm. Then watching it again, it's Polito. But okay. what I have to finally come down on is Steve Buscemi because he gets only <laughs> one scene, Interesting. and he spits out those lines. And at first, I thought it was. Crazy, I spit up, but he's just nervous, mm-hmm. right, about being in the open. So there's a reason why he does it, and it's frantic. So I'm loving that one scene because that's all you get from Buscemi, which leads him to be in Fargo and The Big Lebowski. Just that one scene, yeah. Okay, well, well, that in the, I go in the Steve Buscemi and the scene, the scene in the phone booth, right? That's I mean, but that's not really. I mean, he's acting, but it's acting, <laughs> you know, over the phone, over mm-hmm. the phone, yeah. Yeah, Jesus, Tom. Yeah, he yeah. Says, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Clifton, Frank, what about you guys? Who's your favorite? I'm. I for me, it was. I'd have to go. I mean, you know, I love Polito. I think Totoro's great, but I, I really love. Uh, I think Gabriel Byrne's performance is fantastic in it. I'm always, mm-hmm. I'm always great at. I mean, I'm always amazed at how well he's. You know the scenes, that, even this, like you really don't. He doesn't really get. You know, again, when I was saying like as earlier, he's kind of you know the same throughout the movie. But like the scene with with Verna in the in the ladies' room is one where he kind of gets his blood up. But everything else, he just sort of takes everything in stride, except for when they take him. You know, when they take him back to Miller's Crossing. But I, it's just you know from top to bottom, he's just you know he's kind of you can you can see the wheels turn in his performance which i think is really cool you can see like there's stuff going like the, like one of the things people say is like you can see the stuff going on behind his eyes about his character mm-hmm. thinking and i just think that you know it's important that without him i don't know if that whole movie works right uh, you know who came who was considered for the role before him right hmm william defoe really okay mm-hmm. andy garcia tom sizemore wow that would have been a completely yeah, that's why, huh? <laughs> completely <laughs> different movie <laughs> Oh, indeed, indeed. It's it's interesting to see who was who was supposed to play Vernon. Oh that yeah, was interesting I saw that. Too. I did see that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, uh, Julia Roberts, right? 
Yeah, that's one yeah. of them. <laughs> yeah. Demi Moore, Jennifer Jason Lee. That's so funny. Jennifer Jason Lee would have been good. I don't know yeah. about I don't know about, I don't I don't think the other dude could have done it as well as um as Marcia Gay Harden did. She's really great no, in it too. But I think I think mm-hmm. I think Jennifer Jason Lee could have done it. She's mm-hmm. a really good actress. So cool. Clifton, who's your favorite performance? I'm gonna go with Gabriel Byrne as well. Um just because it was like it's an interesting challenge, I think, for him to play against all of the broader performances. And and the Coen brothers are very good at at knowing how to direct the broadness <laughs> without it <laughs> being like too over the top. Uh but I think it was it's I think his performance was was just fascinating to see to be the opposite, to be a contained, like controlled performance and, right. and still have the weight to to counterbalance all of the other bigger performances. Yeah, because he's almost okay. like, he's almost like the straight man in the, right. in the in yeah, a, definitely in a comedy, like in a comedy duo or a comedy scene. He's usually like he's the he's the Bud Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> I um I love me a good manic performance, so I'm gonna go with John Polito. Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, like I I, I mean, there's. There's not a moment if if he's on screen with other people, I'm looking at him mm-hmm. always. Sure, like I just I I just I just love like it, he remind me a little bit of like the penguin in some versions. I, like I just like how like how kind of gross he is. <laughs> I almost said the same thing earlier when you're talking about him because it was one of the things where the whole thing about being like you know there's a set of ethics for being a crook, kind of the gentleman but not gentleman yeah. aspect yeah, of his character. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I think so too. I think he would have been given the opportunity. I think he would have been an awesome penguin. Yeah. No, I, I, I think his performance just was so much fun. I just, like I said, I love the over the topness to it. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's a Muppet basically. It's, so. it's, it's right. It's one of the few, right. but it is one of the few moments that I, in the movie also where Tom is shocked by something. Like there's a lot of stuff that Tom like witnessed to and it like has happened to him. When, when Casper smacks his kid across the face, Tom has a moment of like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you think about all the stuff that he goes through, I'm like, that's the thing that sets you off. So, right. So, so yeah. But anyway, so speaking of Muppets, <laughs> we're, uh, we're trying something new for, for this spotlight over here. So, so we were, we were joking before the show about how basically, um, you can, you can, you can make any movie with Muppets, right? Like, what's just like, what's the one character that you keep? What's the one real actor you keep? And then you replace everybody else with Muppets. Yes. Right. By explaining it right <laughs> well yeah well basically the premise is is like there's, a, there's i think it's a meme but there's a meme that goes around that says you know name a movie that you can replace you can keep one actor and then you gotta replace everybody else with muppets so right. that's that's basically the game we're gonna wrap up we're gonna wrap up playing that game with miller's crossing so yes. who's the one actor you leave surrounded by everybody else being played by muppets i leave in john Turturro. <laughs> and replace everybody else with Muppets. Partly because John Turturro himself is a Muppet, basically. Yeah. Right. He he could very well be just a Muppet, and <laughs> and I think it would be funny to see puppet Gabriel Byrne. I think it'd be funny to see puppet Tom being like right. the straight man puppet in this world of other crazy puppets, and then encountering a human that's even crazier than all the other Muppets. Nice. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> John Turturro. Yes. John Turturro left standing. Yes. All right. <laughs> Tommy, you got one? Uh, I was going to keep um, Buscemi. Mm. <laughs> because <laughs> okay. for the whole movie, you think it's a Muppet movie. And then from nowhere, you get Steve right. Buscemi in one scene, <laughs> one scene only. Just the human for two gone. minutes. <laughs> for two minutes. And you're like, what? And then, 
They just totally couldn't get a Muppet them. made in time? What happened? <laughs> so yeah. my so my question, Tommy, is then who plays the Dane? Who's 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 oh. who's the lover? <laughs> On the, hmm. <laughs> to me it would be the Big if, Bird. If you have all Muppets, <laughs> I'd have the Eagle. The, oh, um, Sam? Oh yeah, that's a good Sam, choice. That's yeah. a great he choice. Perfect, he perfectly plays the Dane. <laughs> that's a fantastic choice. <laughs> yes, perfectly. Yes, I love it. I'm on. I'm on. I watch this movie. I have mine. I have mine now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. So for me, you know, like I said earlier, I, I I'd keep Gabriel Byrne because I like the idea of the straight man in this. And quite frankly, I just want to see Gabriel Byrne worked over by Muppets in all yeah. those scenes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just like getting pummeled with plush yeah. felt hands. Yes. Oh. I want to see what's the what's the really big one? The, was it Sweetums? Sweetums the yeah. one. Yeah. In the scene where he says, you got any money? And the guys are just working him over. I just want it to be them. And, and I don't know the other one, but I think that'd be great to watch Gabriel <laughs> Byrne try to act with Muppets and then be worked over by them. So that's my choice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you kind of changed my vote a little bit. <laughs> you kind of, ch- I was going to say, I was going to say Marsha Gay Harden, right? Mm. Is that her name? I keep yeah, saying it, that's right? it. Yeah. That's just it. because I, like, I think of the Miss Piggy scene that I always like when Miss Piggy was like hitting on the human. Right. <laughs> so you want to <laughs> you know so flip it? <laughs> but yeah. So I was thinking about flipping it, but like just the visual, the visual gave your burn just getting beat up by Muppets <laughs> is so funny. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. maybe that one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> But I have the same question, Zach, that if that's the case, who plays Tom? Which Muppet plays Tom? Oh, what Muppet plays Tom? Uh, okay, let me see here. To me, Janice would play Verna. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Don't give, don't give it to Piggy. Give it to Janice. What Muppet? Who's the blue one? <laughs> who's, the blue, who's the blue bird with like all the feathers? Blue bird with all the feathers. With the unibrow? That's Sam. That would be that's Sam. Sam. That's Sam. Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Sam? Sam <laughs> so, so yeah, can't play have... all the characters. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I say put Scooter in there. Oh. Yeah, I'm about to say oh, Scooter would work. Scooter would be good. No, yeah, Scooter, Scooter, would be, Scooter would be Totoro. Would be Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then Skeeter would be Mer- you Frosty, would be Verna. You, you no, sure Fozzie no. wouldn't be Beaker. Totoro? Beaker's Totoro. <laughs> Beaker's Totoro, for sure. Just walking down Miller's Crossing. Me, 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 me. Right? Yeah. That's, wouldn't that be great? Just the howling, like begging for his life. Just me, 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 me. Yeah, perfect. All right. I, I stand corrected. You're right. That'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, we lost our minds. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. So, tell us your thoughts on Miller's Crossing in the comments. Actually, let's do it this way because I know you've not seen it. Go see Miller's Crossing. Yes. Then tell us what you think in the comments. You can also tell us which Muppet, which actor you would keep. Yes, please. (laughs) Oh, I kind of want to see it done now. You can also find links and examples to everything we talk about on LetMeKnowHowItIs.com. Don't forget, you can suggest a topic for us in the comments. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. It'll help the channel to grow. And finally, don't forget to like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LetMeKnowHowItIs and follow us on Twitter at our show's initials. L-M-K-H-I-I. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.